Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, welcome in to the Browns Wire podcast. I am your host, Jared Mueller, and, you know, decided to come in a little softer today. You know, I've been told at times, you know, in life that I come in a little loud, a little too excited, a little too much energy because I, generally speaking, love what I do. And whether it's this podcast or just life in general, I try to address things with the uh, passion that I that's just real and that's just honest but it is a Sunday morning here when I'm recording so good morning good afternoon good evening whenever you are listening to this podcast and wherever you are thank you thank you thank you thank you so much for stopping by I hope you are well and we're going to jump right into it on first down the NFL Combine's coming up. Your boy is credentialed to be there, and this will be my, I don't know, I've been over to Indy the last, I don't know, maybe eight years, somewhere in that range, um, or eight of the last ten, something, something like that. Um, and so it's always an interesting experience. Uh, the Some of the COVID limitations um, kind of limit that and uh, are going to create some interesting engagements or lack thereof. And then as we covered on the Browns Wire uh, on Saturday, uh, uh, February 19th, the NFL is trying to control it even more with uh, placing the players in a bubble. And so you won't see the players walking around, wandering around Indianapolis, where, by the way, if you are going, I can tell you from experience, do not look at the forecasted temperature and think that matters at all. Unless that forecasted temperature is in the 60s, bring more clothing, bring heavier clothing. The wind in Indianapolis is just rips right through you, rips right through just a jacket kind of thing. Like you need a coat, like you need ear warmers, you need gloves, you need, to be honest, you need to wear your mask just to keep your nose and mouth from uh, getting too cold and chapped and all that. So if you are traveling over, hey, let me know, uh, at Jared K. Mueller on Twitter, just let me know you're coming over. We'll see if we can say hi during the process. But want to talk about the Combine. Uh, I think sometimes we kind of um, we, we kind of move things from way over here to way over here. And so I think years ago, the combine was kind of talked about as this be all end all, especially things around, you know, the the bench press and the 40 yard dash and and some of those kind of things. Kind of the, the underwear Olympics were talked about as look at this guy. This is what he did. Look at these numbers. These numbers tell us everything. And then we started shifting maybe a little bit towards the middle of the approach appropriate of, yeah, this is good information, but this doesn't tell us everything that we need to know about a player. So 
you know, maybe we need to balance it out. Maybe, you know, don't don't get too excited just because someone runs really fast or, or pumps up a bunch of weight or their three-cone drill or, you know, again, whatever that is, maybe pump the brakes a little bit on what happens at the combine being overtly meaningful. And I think we've gone a little too far. And what, I'm, what I mean by that is, again, uh, obviously sort of the echo chamber and the niche uh, or niche, depending on which side you're on. Let me know. Seriously, I've had this conversation with so many people. My wife believes it's niche. I believe it's niche. So please, again, another place at Jared K. Mueller uh, or in the comment sections on the Browns Wire. Let me know niche or niche. How fancy are you is really what I think there. But I think, you know, when we think of things like Twitter, Facebook, um, even some of the, you know, non, you know, ESPN type uh, television shows uh, or video productions, I think we've gone a little too far where it's only the underwear Olympics. None of this matters. None of this is important. Uh, the only thing that's important are the medicals and the interviews, right? And and it's possible that there's a, some truth to that, right? There is. The medicals, which, by the way, none of us really know about unless somebody leaks something, which is, you know, uh, not considered appropriate uh, and actually could be one of the things that is a HIPAA violation. Let's just be real honest about that. Right. So um, besides the medicals and the interviews, which, again, unless somebody leaks something, we don't know a lot of information. The reality is, is that we do gain stuff from it. Right. We do gain information from the combine that can be interesting both to teams and analysts right now we know that like the los angeles rams barely send people over the last couple years and that probably will continue especially if players are not um, participating like they they used to because of some of these limitations where they don't get to choose what they eat they don't have more than one medical person there kind of a trainer kind of person we could see a lot less players really participating or even attending at some level. So we know teams like Los Angeles Rams who just won the Super Bowl, you know, they're not sending people, but the reason they're not sending people or sending as many people is that you can also um, get that information in different ways. So as long as they have people there to do the medicals and some of the interviews, well, if they're really important and the Rams don't have a lot of picks, then they'll interview those players. They'll figure out ways to interview the players they want to interview. They'll get all the measurements and all of that. That stuff's officially sent to the team anyways. So for the Rams, it's send the people that need to go. So don't send the whole contingent. There's no real point to that for a team like the Rams who have, I don't know how many picks, but uh, have traded away a lot of their top picks. Uh, They've decided to go in a different direction. So here's what we can gain from it. The first thing we gain, and really it all kind of ties together with looking at film, we gain either confirmation or new information. And here's what I mean by that. If I look at a tape and a player looks really, really straight line fast, and they run a really fast 40, or a player looks like they have a lot of change of direction skills, right? Uh, the kind of things that really can make a difference in slot and rot running and all of that kind of stuff. And they run a really, really good three cone drill, short shuttle, you know, some of those, um, those kind of athletic testing things. If one of those two things happens or those types of things happen, I now have confirmation of what I saw on film. And then on the other hand, I might get new information. So a player doesn't look very fast on film, 
doesn't look very quick on film, but has really, really good numbers at the combine. Well, let me go back. Let me call some coaches. Let me try to understand what's going on. Maybe that was the the third offense or third defense they were in in three years. And so instead of reacting, they're out there thinking. And that really slows pretty much anybody down when you're thinking versus reacting. So maybe that's it. Or maybe, who knows, right? Maybe you find out they can run really fast, but they don't care, right? You find out there's some character kind of issues that you're like, Ooh, yeah, well, I still maybe do want to stay away from that guy, even though he ran really fast. Right. So maybe we get new information that what we saw on film, they have an ability more than what we saw on film. But I think the biggest place, I think the biggest things that you can learn, at least we can learn, right. What the, the teams can learn, the biggest things are around medical and interviews. But the teams, as well as analysts and fans, what we can learn, the new information we can learn is really how was a player dominant, right? And so was a lower level player dominant just because he was a better athlete than everybody else around him, but he was playing, you know, against those lower level schools or those D2 schools and he just looks dominant, but he's actually a pedestrian athlete compared to the NFL. By the way, pedestrian NFL athletes will blow almost all of you or all of you out of the water in almost any athletic competition. That's not me judging you. That's me understanding them. Okay. But pedestrian, right? So you see this player who whose film is, is full of a lot of good stuff and then their testing doesn't match. So all of a sudden I have this new information and I need to go back to the film. And now not on my, I'm not really studying the player. I'm studying his competition a little bit more and going, Oh, all right. I see what happened there. Like the cornerback that was, was covering that receiver just ran a four, six, five, four, eight, whatever the negative number would be for a 40 for that cornerback. So no wonder his, four, five, five, he looked like he was running at a blistering pace compared to that cornerback, or maybe the cornerback doesn't have good uh, change of direction because of some of the things we've measured or whatever. And so all of a sudden we have new information, right? Uh, at wide receiver, which is obviously a big need for the Cleveland Browns, or even uh, defensive end, which is another big need. You're really looking at how did they win, right? And so if they won with technique, well, that's great, but if they don't have the athletic traits to back that up, all of a sudden you're knocking them down a round or two, right? Yeah, that technique's great, but will they get overwhelmed by the more athletic, bigger offensive linemen? Will they get? Uh, will they be able to get separation against the longer, more athletic cornerback? Right. So those that piece of new information gives teams and analysts an ability to then go back to what they thought and either confirm it. Or now they have new information to analyze what they saw. That, along with whatever happens in interviews and the medicals, is the benefit of the NFL Combine. It is vital. It is very important. And unfortunately, as we covered on the Browns Wire, not totally sure how many players are less likely to come and to do those drills now with all the limitations. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. On second down, I do want to talk real quickly about, um, and we're, we're kind of getting into it in the Browns wire. You know, I just, uh, this morning, Sunday morning, wrote, wrote a piece just looking at um, all the different players the Browns could cut to to save $3 million in cap, sca- cap space or more. Uh, so that is up on the Browns wire podcast. So make sure you check that out. Uh, and the thing I just want to kind of to hit on is, you know, when Andrew Barry was hired, we it's it's easy to forget kind of what the narratives were, the concerns were, or whatever. But we remember those concerns were he was going to be Sashi Brown 2.0. By the way, Sashi Brown now runs the Baltimore Ravens, right? If anybody wondered, would he ever get back into football? Yeah, he just went from running the Washington Wizards and whatever he was doing in that role to now literally the president of the Baltimore Ravens in charge of everything. He oversees everything. Maybe he knew what he was doing. Maybe not that he made all the right decisions. Listen, this isn't we don't we don't do that whole worship people thing and just assume if I like them they're great. If I don't they're bad, right? It's the whole Baker Mayfield or the Baker Bros versus the Baker haters. You know, there's probably a lot more reality in between those two, right? And and I don't I don't totally understand the need to to kind of become put them up as a hero. But when Andrew Barry was first hired. You know, there was concerns that he was going to be Sashi Brown, tear it down, uh, draft pick, slow process, all that. And Andrew Berry told everyone in his opening press conference that he was going to be aggressive. And I'm pretty sure he has backed up his word. Now, whether you like some of the moves he's made or not, signing Jack Conklin, Austin Hooper, Case Keenum right off the bat in his first offseason was aggressive. Those were, at the time, Jack Conklin was seen as the top offensive lineman in free agency, which the Browns desperately needed one. Austin Hooper was seen as the top tight end in free agency. Case Keenum was seen as the top backup quarterback that could be a starter in free agency. Then he got him, right? And then you look at... You know what he did last offseason, John Johnson, the third, Jadavion Clowney, Tack McKinley, Troy Hill. Um, there's some other players I can't think of, even, you know, aggressively trading up to get Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, the linebacker to go along with Greg Newsom, the second. What a great top of the draft they had there. Andrew Berry has been aggressive. I just am not sure what that looks like this offseason, right? He's been aggressive, but he has been measuredly aggressive. Right, he's had cap space, so he has spent a decent chunk of it. Right, he moved up a little bit to get Jeremiah Wusu Koromono, but he didn't sell the farm. So, what is aggressive? It's really just a question. It's it's what I'm really interested in this off season. What does aggressive look like in year three for Andrew Barry, where all of a sudden salary cap space is? lessened right there's just there is just less of it uh they can make a bunch of moves and get even into the 50s and 60s range but whether they want to do that or not and and reduce their talent level that's really a huge question so how aggressive is andrew barry obviously the top place to look is quarterback uh you know the aaron Rodgers, russell wilson deshaun watson maybe Derek carr Kirk cousins whatever it is how aggressive is he really willing to go? Because right now, he hasn't done anything that would be considered overtly 
crazy aggressive, right? But trading for one of those quarterbacks, giving up a couple first round picks and a second and a third or whatever it would end up being, right? That's that's big time aggressive. Or even, you know, trading back into the first round to get two studs and giving up next year's first along with something this year. Uh, you know, that kind of aggressive even in free agency, even though right now they're just a little over twenty million and kind of middle of the pack in salary cap, you um, know, are they aggressive by making a bunch of moves? Again, we on the Browns Wire today. Go to BrownsWire.com. You can see a list of all the players that the Browns could cut to save three million dollars or more. There's some interesting names on it. It's not everybody we think is going to get cut. It's everybody, including a player like Kareem Hunt. He's on the list. Because he's on the list, right? They could save like $6 million by cutting him. But how aggressive will Andrew Berry be? Where will he find the ability to continue to be aggressive? Is that in free agency? Is that in trades in our mock offseason 1.0? And I'm pretty sure you can just search mock off, Browns mock offseason 1.0 and you can get to that. It's also linked in the piece that I talked about that was written today. You know, I talked about trading for Calvin Ridley. You know, trading a 2023 pick that is conditional based on playing time, performance, all of that. Those are um, those are the types of things that you're you're wondering if Andrew Barry will make to be aggressive. So that's the question on second down. How aggressive and how will he be aggressive? How will the Browns be aggressive in 2022's offseason? Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Third and fourth down are kind of kind of run together a little bit, but I want to actually kind of make a note of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, listen, many of you that are Browns fans are also Cavs and Guardians fans, uh, and so we just listen. We don't pretend like we live in a vacuum and a, a void where only the Browns exist. Now, some of you may only be Browns fans, and um, we'll get through it really quickly because it does connect to the team. But man, isn't it fun? Isn't it fun to see the Cavs process, right? To see uh, them go from young to, um, you know, all of that young player here, there, everywhere. uh, And all of a sudden it starts to come together and you had low expectations or no expectations. And all of a sudden you're seeing some success. Now, will they start to drop down after the all-star break where some of the more veteran teams start to kick it into gear and get healthy or whatever it is, it's very possible. You know, the young guys are going to hit the wall. Like Evan Mobley is going, I mean, he looked tired the last few games of the, uh, before the all-star break uh, and then was involved in the all-star break. So listen, but I want to just be honest. It, it seems like a lot of fun to just watch a, a low or a no expectation team start to be good. And then you hear the stories of LeBron James, right? So LeBron talked to Jason Lloyd and I know Jay, um, not like a lot, but Jason and I've talked. Jason's a good guy. Um, Jason also does some stuff with the Browns for the athletic. Like he's a good dude. And um, at least from my interactions with him, it is not a coincidence that LeBron James allowed, made sure there was a sit down with a local Cleveland reporter. And, and listen, 
Jason was one of LeBron's guys. Like here in the media, uh, him, Dave McMenamin, Chris Haynes, Joe Varden, like those four, um, give or take, right? Like obviously people moved on uh, different places. Dave followed him to LA. Joe does a little bit of a, a variety of things. And Chris um, is, is doing his stuff at Yahoo. But those were kind of his guys. Um, and Jason is kind of the one guy that's left that is kind of connected. And so it's not surprising that LeBron talked to him. All right. So read into that a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So here's the Browns analogy. When you think to the think back to the 2020 season, yes, many people were excited, but expectations were kind of tempered, right? Baker Mayfield coming off the 2019 season with Freddie Kitchens, John Dorsey, all of that. Expectations were tempered. Yeah, they brought in Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin and Austin Huber and Case Keenum. Uh, Grand Delpit got hurt, right? All of that. Yeah, but expectations were tempered. And it was exciting to see a team with kind of low expectations build really quickly. And then we all know what 2021 looked like. And unfortunately, sometimes with teams, because team is not just a collection of talent, right? This isn't Madden. This isn't whatever. It's about fit. It's about relationships. It's about all kinds of stuff. Unfortunately, sometimes you bring in players and there's just not the right fit. And that would actually be some of my worry when it comes to LeBron uh, returning, whenever, whether that was this offseason or the following offseason. Uh, obviously, he wants to play with his son. There's a lot of, a lot of moving parts there. But that would be my concern for the Cavs. That it really is my concern for the Cavs going into next year, especially the fans, is expectations are a heck of a thing, right? So I say that to say, I don't know if we totally enjoyed the 2020 season as much as, as fans and media should have, whatever media is supposed to enjoy. Let's just be honest about what it is, right? I feel like there was some enjoyment, but then we quickly turned kind of the, the page a little bit. And so first I want to, on third down, I want to hope and encourage you that if you are watching the Cleveland Cavaliers, I hope you're enjoying it, right? I hope you're enjoying the low expectations and just the fun that they're having out there. Now, will that turn into a championship level team? We have no idea. Young teams don't tend to, and it normally takes three or four years for a young team to really be veteran enough to kind of be in that conversation, right? So even like Giannis and Akatumbo, like that dude has been a beast for a long time, but it took a while for the team around him and his, his youth to, to, to kind of go away and for him to be a veteran enough that he could lead to a championship and now be a championship level team. So in the NBA, that's the way it is in the NFL. It's so interesting. It goes all over the place. You know, the Bengals go from, you know, terrible to the Super Bowl, but could have missed the playoffs if Kansas City would have uh, finished the job uh, in week 17 and the Browns take them out in week 18. I mean, there's just so many little variables that go along in the NFL. Then you have the Rams who have traded everything in, in the kitchen sink uh, to get the Matthew Staffords, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey's of the world to go along with Aaron Donald and Sean McVay that, uh, and they win the Super Bowl. So that takes me to fourth down. Fans, we are about to get in there, right? So we're a couple weeks away from the NFL combine, which by the way, is really when the league year opens many times. And I don't know what this year is going to look like because of all the limitations. Many times we get to get out of the NFL combine and I have a pretty good idea of who the Browns are going to sign or 
minimally speaking, I know about five or six of the free agents and where they're going to sign. Maybe not exactly with Cleveland, but where they're going to sign. The league year starts in Indianapolis. So we have the combine coming up, then the league year, then the draft, a lot going on very quickly. And what I want to encourage all of you to do, it isn't easy, but we all, or most of us have life stresses, right? We have jobs and we have family and we have health and we have money issues and we've got this, that, and the other thing. I want to try to encourage you, and you have probably heard this in a variety of ways from me if you have been following along in my decade plus of covering sports for uh, the Cleveland area, including Ohio State at one point in time, uh, way back in the fan-sided days. Enjoy this process. Just enjoy it. Yes, we absolutely want to see the Cleveland Browns win. We absolutely want to see the Cleveland Browns be competitive. We absolutely want to see the Cleveland Browns in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. But I was watching the Super Bowl and I was thinking to myself, if this is the Browns, how, how do you do? Like late in the game, I, I tweeted something out and people were like, you're an idiot, which is fine. But the reality is, is the Cincinnati Bengals and the fans, hopefully they enjoyed that. Hopefully they still are enjoying that, right? Uh, but even before that, when the Bengals, you know, were up, hopefully, hopefully Rams fans were able, whichever, if the, however many there are, were able to enjoy that, right? Because the reality is, is I want you guys to enjoy every trade, every free agent, every draft pick, every article that I know all of you read, every film room that I know you read, every podcast like this one that you listen to, every interaction on Twitter. I want to encourage you all. This is fourth down territory, folks. Like you got enough stress in your life. I know you do, or most likely you do. You got enough negative stuff in your life. I want you to enjoy the process. Enjoy all the little things. Enjoy all the reading. Enjoy some music, enjoy some comedy, enjoy some exercise. Try to find enjoyment. That doesn't mean everything in your life is about enjoyment and you should drop all of those things that are not enjoyable. Not at all. We all have them. But I want to encourage you, enjoy the process. Whatever it is, all off-season, training camp, enjoy seeing hopefully Anthony Schwartz has developed. How can Demetric Felton take that next step? Are, you know, are any of the defensive linemen besides Miles Garrett starting level worthy? Enjoy it all. Analyze it. Critique it. That's all fine as long as you're enjoying it. Thank you for stopping by the Browns Wire podcast. As always, I'm your host, managing editor of the site, Jared Mueller. Please check out the site. Lots of good things up there. Uh, And we're going to dive deeply into some draft prospects as well as free agent prospects. And we will get to those very, very shortly. I hope you enjoy your Sunday. Or if you're listening to this on a Monday, you are starting your week off well. And again, I hope you are enjoying the process of things that you like in life instead of just waiting for them to win or lose. Enjoy it along the way. As always, please take care of yourself, take care of others, and go Browns. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.